Hey, and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. This morning, we are here at the 2019 Memorial Run, and for many of us here, uh, I'd venture as far as to say for all of us here, somewhere along the line we have, we have faced loss in our lives. The loss of a loved one, the lo- loss of a, of a partner or a spouse or a, or a, a, a dear friend or a, a child. Um, so all of us have, have faced some form of, some form of heartbreak somewhere in our lives. And there's this, there's this moment in the life of Jesus where, where he just, he speaks into these moments of our lives. Where he's, he's just busy speaking to his followers, to his disciples, and, and he says this to them. In John 14, he says to them, Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Now, I'm sure like me, there've been many times where you've, you've said something to someone and as you're about to say it, you realize that if I say this to this person, it has the potential to upset them. It has the potential to, to tick them off or make them angry or, or, or sadden them. And, and what do we say just before we say that thing? We say, now, don't get upset. And then we say the thing. You know, or, or now, now don't get angry. And then we say whatever we, we needed to say. Why do we say that? Because we know that there's potential for that to happen once they've, they've heard it. And as I, as I read the words of Jesus here where he says, don't let your heart be troubled. I believe that as Jesus says it, he says it because we need to recognize that there is potential in life for our hearts to be troubled. And most of us here have already experienced that somewhere along the line. But Jesus carries on. He follows that up immediately and he says, trust in God and trust also in me. So, so what's Jesus saying? He's, he's saying, man, I, I get that there's heartache. I get that there's heartbreak. I get that, there's, that, there, that bad things happen to good people. I get it. But you need to know that I hate seeing you heartbroken. I hate seeing you hurting. I love you. I care for you. And I want you to trust me with this process. And from there, Jesus continues and, 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 and he, 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 he kind of starts to give us this picture of what life will look like one day. This, this picture down the line. He, he, he starts to give us this, this, this picture into the future of what life will look like one day when we do put our faith and put our trust in Him. He carries on and He says this, There is more than enough room in my Father's house. 
If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And as I, as I read this, and as we look at this future that, that Jesus is speaking about for, for, for us when we put our faith, when we put our trust in Him, I start to see that the, that the picture that Jesus describes isn't exclusive. It's not a, it's not a situation of, of, you know, if you were born in the right town, you, you crack a nod. If you ride the right motorcycle, you crack a nod. Like I see we've got a crocodile here. It looks like a brand new crocodile. It's beautiful. But it doesn't, it's not like there are, there are certain levels of life and if we were born into the right family or, or, or did the right thing, then somehow we crack a nod. He's saying, I want all of you in my father's house. So trust me. Put your faith in me. So that we can be reunited. One day. And what I see in this moment is that. That Jesus is deadly serious folks. About relationship. With you. And with me. If there's one thing I know about the heart of God. Is that he desires nothing more. On the face of this earth than relationship with you, than relationship with me. It's his number one desire. And Jesus carried on and he said, and you know the way to where I am going. And right there he's implying that the, that the disciples knew exactly where he was going. Now I want to hit pause here for a moment. Because you may be sitting there and you may be saying to yourself, or, or, or thinking to yourself, you know, Ramon, you know, what, what you're saying is that I shouldn't let my heart be troubled. But as I sit here this morning, if I'm honest, like my heart is troubled. You, you're saying that I should, I should put my faith, I should put my trust in God. But I don't know about that. You may be sitting there thinking to yourself, you're saying that, that his plans include me. That, 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 that he's actually taking this life of mine somewhere. <laughs> that he's serious about relationship with me. But if I'm honest, I don't even know if he cares. Well, you see, as Jesus was speaking, there was a man who was sitting amongst the followers of Jesus, and his name was Peter. And, P- and Peter sat there, and he, he listened to these words of Jesus. And then 30 years later, Peter wrote a letter. And, and, and as Peter's writing this letter, we can only imagine, a lot of life has happened in 30 years, isn't that true? A lot of life happens in 30 years, good and bad. Horrible things and incredible things. But, but through all that life that Peter lived in those 30 years, 
between the space where Jesus said these words to the space where Peter writes to us. This is Peter's conclusion. Peter writes to us in in 1 Peter 5 verse 7 and he says this. He says, give all your worries and cares to God because he cares for you. He cares for you. What's Peter saying? He's saying, you know, out of everything in life that I've experienced, there's one thing I know about my God. There's one thing that I know about the reality of having spent that time with Jesus and having spent all this life on earth after Jesus had ascended. Like, if there's one thing that I know, that I know, that I know, it's that he cares for us. But there was another guy that was sitting there. His name's Thomas. And Thomas gets a bad rap for doubting Jesus. Like, that's kind of what he's famous for. When we speak about all the different disciples and we get to Thomas, like Thomas the doubter, you know. But in this moment when Thomas speaks up, if I'm just being honest, I actually believe that as Thomas speaks now, He's actually just saying what everyone else in the room was thinking. And this is what Thomas says. Thomas replies and he says, No, we don't know, Lord. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? And as you hear those words, you might be sitting there going, if, you know, I, I, I can relate. I can relate to Thomas. I can relate to Thomas because, because as I'm sitting here now, I don't know where this life is going. I don't know where my life is going. I have no idea what my future looks like. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't even know if I have a purpose. If I'm honest... I've lost my way. And I want to say this this morning, folks. That is probably the single best thing that can happen in our lives. Is us losing our way. Because the truth be told, one of the most detrimental things in your life and in my life is my way. You see, I've often lived life my way. And if I'm just being real with you this morning, when I live life my way, I normally get my results. I I, I normally get brokenness. I I, I normally get heartache. I, I normally get despair. I normally have the sense of lost. It was, it was Andy Stanley who said this. He said, the problem with always going, sorry, the problem with always doing what you want to do is you eventually arrive precisely where you don't want to be. And isn't that so true? Be honest with your own life. When you've pursued your own way wholeheartedly, 
you normally end up in situations that you don't want to be in. You normally end up in, 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 in life positions that you don't want to be in. And here, Jesus responds to Thomas. And, and as I look at the response of Jesus, I, I realize that the response of Jesus is so simplistic. But it is so profound. And if we just take this response, this, this simple yet profound response of Jesus, if we just take it and apply it to our daily lives, it will change your life forever. So, Jesus, so Thomas says, Lord, we don't know the way. And here in, in verse 6, Jesus resp- replies, and he says, Thomas, I am the way. I am the way. I'm not a way. I'm not some form of direction. No, I am the way. In our lives, we've, we've wanted to find purpose. We've wanted to find love. Man, the way to purpose is Jesus. <laughs> the way to love is Jesus. The way to hope for this nation is Jesus. The way for peace or the way to peace in your life is Jesus. He is the way. And if you are sitting here this morning and you are in need of, of, of uh, direction, if you're in need of, of, of purpose and meaning, man, here Jesus says to us, I am the way. Not just is Jesus the way to direction, purpose, and meaning, but Jesus is also he, he comes and he steps into our lives and, and he shows us the way to best live life. Now, I don't think there's a single man, woman or child in this building whose greatest desire is not to live life to the fullest, to live life best. No one likes battling. No one likes struggling. And so often we just do battle and we do struggle because we're kind of looking at the wrong examples in life. Isn't that the truth? Jesus comes and he says in John 13 verse 15, he says, I've given you an example to follow. So as we, as we stop and just investigate his life, folks, you want to know how to live life best? Go and get stuck into the life of Jesus. Go and, go and dig into his word and just go and see how did he do life? What was, how did he do it? What did he do? Why did he do it? And I believe that as we investigate his life and we look into those things, we start to find this direction. We start to find clarity on How do I be a better father? How do I be a better mother? How can I be a better son or daughter? How can I be a better employee? How do I live this life better? It's found in the life of Christ. 
And as we investigate the life of Jesus, this is where we find out very quickly that my way is not going to lead me to the destination that I was looking for. By living our lives the way that Jesus lived his, we end up living in the way. And this way leads somewhere, you see, because Jesus is also the way to our eternal life. What did Jesus say? He said, man, our father, he's, he's got a home. He's got this mansion, and in this mansion there are many rooms. And, and, and I'm going ahead to prepare one of these rooms for you. And you see, when we put our faith, when we trust in Jesus, when we abandon our lives to Jesus, when we start to look at the life of Jesus and go, man, how did Jesus do it? And we start to, to, to sell out our lives to Jesus. Then it says that the, the, the end of this is, is our eternal life with Him. So Jesus said to, to, to Thomas and to his disciples, he said, he said, I am the way. And then he said, I am the truth. I am the way and I am the truth. Now, think about from the time that you wake up in the morning to the time that you go to sleep at night. Think about the amount of advertising that just gets flooded across either your screen or over the radio if you are unfortunate enough to have to drive a car to work every morning. Or the amount of, 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 of stuff that people even at, your, at the coffee station at your work try and sell you because they just bought something. And if they bought it, it has to be the best thing on the face of the planet. And they're actually just trying to justify their purchase. But, but how much comes across our screen, so to speak, that is presented to us as truth? Just stop and consider that for a moment. So how on earth do we know what is true in this life? Well, Jesus, again, he didn't come and say, hey, I am a truth. No, Jesus came and he said, I am the truth. There were 12 men. They were definitely sitting there when Jesus said this. And I find it incredible that out of the 12 men, 11 gave up their lives in pursuit of communicating to as many people as they possibly could that this Jesus that we did life with, what he said was truth. And who he is, is truth. I think that this is exceptionally significant. I'm yet to really meet someone 
who is willing to give up their lives for a joke. For something that isn't true. And here these 12 men, 11 out of them end up giving their lives so that as many people as they can come into contact with, they can say, hey man, that Jesus, he's the truth. And we saw these 11 and eventually again 12 men turn their world upside down with that message. So if Jesus is the truth, then we should hold everything in this life up to the light of Christ. So, so Jesus being this light of life, we should hold anything in our lives up to that and go, does this, does this weigh up to the heart of God? Does this communicate the heart of God? And if it doesn't, is this, is this really the truth? What am I saying? What I'm saying is that we should ground our perspective of life in the truth of what Jesus said. That we should, when it comes to, to, to our marriages, to be grounded in the truth of what Jesus said. When, when it comes to, to our, our, our sexuality, it should be grounded in the truth of what Jesus said. When it comes to the purpose of my life, the purpose of your life, it should be grounded to the truth of what Jesus said. I wonder this morning, how do you determine truth in your life? How do you determine truth in your life? These days I see, I see a lot of folks just, you know, kind of using that internal compass. You know what I'm talking about. What feels right? Does this feel right? Because if this feels right, then it must be true. I mean, we'll consult with God. We'll, we'll, we'll engage with him a little, see what he has to say. What's his opinion on this? But at the end of the day, I'm kind of just going to do what feels right. Some of us, we, we run off the popular opinion, isn't it? It's kind of like, it's kind of like leaving your, 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 who wants to be a millionaire, million in the hands of the audience. Let's ask the audience. What's the popular opinion? I wonder how many people lost a million because of the audience. But yet we kind of do that on a daily basis. And, and we base our truth on, on what society says. What is some new celebrity who's blowing up the media all over the show? What do they say about this? Instead of coming back to the heart of God and just going, what does Jesus have to say about this matter? Because ultimately, he is the truth for our lives. There's these words in the, in the book of Proverbs where King Solomon he, he said that there is a path before each person that seems right. In the New King James, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And you see, folks, when I go by what feels good, what feels right, the end of that is death. When I go along with whatever popular opinion is, it may seem right in the moment, but the end of it is death. But when I'm pursuing the heart and following the heart of Jesus for my life, there is life on the other side. 
the world around us will present a way. It will present a truth. But Jesus steps into the picture and he says, it's not about a way. It's not about a truth. I am the way and I am the truth. See, the word of God is not just a whole heap of Sunday school stories stuck together. No, the truth is that the word of God, it's words to, to live our lives by, to, to build our families by, to build our communities by. The word of God is, is where I get to engage with the heart of Jesus for my family for my wife, for my kids, for my friends, for my workplace. So Jesus said to Thomas in this moment, he said, man, I am the way, I am the truth. And then he added a third thing. And he said, I am the life. And the worship team's welcome to come up. You see, when Jesus said, I am the life, on, on, on Friday I was at a dear friend's funeral, Johnny Watkins, and we'll really, really miss him and our, our hearts go out to, to Leone and the family, <laughs> but our hope is in the resurrection power of Jesus. Amen. And, and as I was sitting at the funeral, Mozzie kind of, he was doing the funeral and he, he said, everyone just take your hand and place it over your heart. And just feel that, that beat. And as the, your heart's beating, all he said to us sitting there, he just said, God just did that. You see, folks, every breath that I take is as a result of the grace of God. Every, every heartbeat that is pounding away in my chest right now is as a result of the grace of God. The creator of heaven and earth is giving you life right now. And I've always kind of asked myself a very personal question. I've just said, man, if, if Jesus gives me life on a daily basis... Then, then why not just give him my life back? Why not just take this life that he's given me? Because truthfully, then it's not actually mine anyways. Let, let me just give it back to him wholeheartedly. Let me live for him day in and day out. And not just do the best I can, but just go, Lord, what do you desire from this life? What do you want from this life? It was Mark Batterson who said this. He said, he said, stop living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Live for a greater purpose. Folks, what is the purpose that we are living for today? You know, as I, as I watched that, the, the, the World Cup final yesterday and I, I saw the South African captain be interviewed and as Sia Khaleesi was, was, was giving his acceptance speech, he, he said something that grabbed my attention. He said, I hope this shows people what can be achieved when we choose 
to stand together. What can be achieved when we choose to work together? Now to you, that may have just been pretty words, but, but I just happen to know a little bit about the man and I know that his, his heart and his life is sold out to Jesus. And what I recognized in his words was that he was engaging with the words of Jesus, that he, that he was engaging with the heart of God. Where God says to us, where there is unity, I command my blessing. Where there is unity, I command my blessing. And that blessing is life and life in abundance. You see, why am I bringing this in here? Because the man didn't speak out of his own thinking, folks. He was speaking from the heart of God for you and for me. And yes, he may have been speaking to a nation, but I believe that it's so much deeper than that. I believe that that those words ring true personally for your life and for my life. That as we choose to surrender our lives to God, put away our selfish thinking and acting, that He can take this life and turn it into so much more than what I could do out of my own efforts. You see, Jesus gives us fullness of life. A little earlier on in, 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 in the book of John, John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus said this, He said, the thief, the enemy of your soul, the the enemy of your soul who's out to pretty much bring your life to nothing, to naught. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. Jesus said this, he said, but my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. Folks, this morning, do you have a rich and satisfying life? You see, so often Jesus gets portrayed as this guy who's just out to spoil your fun. Folks, Jesus did not come to spoil our fun. He's not some celestial wet blanket. No, he said here that he came to give us life and life in abundance. He said that he he came to give us a full life, a satisfying and rich life. That's why he came. It was Jeremy Riddle who said, I've seen many pursue personal success and fail. But I've never seen anyone wholeheartedly surrender to Christ and not leave a mark on history. That is the abundant life that Jesus speaks of. That is the rich and satisfying life that Jesus speaks of. And when we follow the way and when we, when we embrace the truth, then He shifts this life beyond the norm, beyond the mundane, beyond just going through the motions. And He shifts this life into the extraordinary. There's an old quote that says this. It says, God is the light 
prosperity and riches is the shadow. When we turn our face to the light and we pursue the light, then prosperity and riches follows. But when we turn our face away from the light and we chase after prosperity and happiness, then we will be chasing a shadow for the remainder of our lives. I wonder this morning, folks, what are we chasing? What are we pursuing? What are you pursuing in your life? Is your face firmly fixed on the light? Or did we somewhere along the line get distracted by the things that glitter? Turn our face to the sun and and chase after stuff that'll just keep us chasing our entire lives. Do you experience this rich and satisfying life? If not, I wonder, have you followed the way? Or are you still really trying to make your way work? Have you applied the truth? Or are you still just consulting? See, if there's something that's become such a a, a reality to me over the last while is that Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead people live. And if we follow the way, if we pursue the truth, then there is no doubt that we will have this full, this abundant, this rich life that Jesus promised. So right there in your seat, just do business with God. Just do business with God right there. You may be saying, Ramon, you're right, I've, I've done such a good job of just doing it my own way. I have, I've, I've done it my own way. Ramona, I, I keep finding myself in places and situations that, that I quite honestly just shouldn't be finding myself in. Ramon, that story just lands, man. Uh, if I'm honest, I've, somewhere along the line, at some point I was even following the light and, and, and somewhere along the line I, I started to chase that shadow. And this morning I, I need a course correction. I desperately need a course correction in my life. I need to turn back and to pursue the light of Christ for my life. If that's you this morning, I'm not going to call you to the front here. But I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. And I'm going to ask you to right there in your seat, will you just stand to your feet because we'd love 
to just pray for you this morning. Amen. Amen. If you're just saying, Ramon, I need that course correction. I need to bring that that change. I, I, I just so desire to have that abundance of life that Jesus promised. I want to give you another opportunity. Just stand to your feet. I'd love to just pray for you. And as I'm praying, if, if you still need to stand, then I want to invite you to right there in your seat, just stand. But Father God, you, you see this hall this morning, Lord, and you see how folks are standing, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, for the public declaration this morning. To just say, you know what, I'm, man, I, I so desire to have that abundance of life that Jesus promised. And if I'm honest, I'm not in that space. Somewhere along the line, I just, I lost track. And this morning, I, I'm, I thank you, Lord, that I can just make a course correction in my life. Lord, so often we, we can be so alone and so isolated because we've just chosen to do it our way. And Lord, this morning I recognize that, that, that my way excludes you and it's exclusive to me. And this morning, Lord, I want to again just realign myself with the way that invites me into his story, into his family, where we find his truth for our lives. And I thank you, Lord, that as folks this morning just take hold of your life for their lives, take hold of, of you wholeheartedly, Lord that you come and that you bring that full, abundant, rich and satisfying life. And as you're standing there, just, just say this right there in your seat. Just say, Lord, forgive me for doing it my way. Lord, forgive me for doing it my way. Lord, I choose to follow you wholeheartedly. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. This morning, if, if you stood or if you didn't stand it, uh, I want to say this. We are going to have a, a team of folks up here who would love to just connect with you, who would love to pray for you, who'd love to just engage with you and, 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 and possibly even just start a bit of a journey with you. So this morning, if, if, if that is you, I'd love to just invite you. We're going to end the service now. But there's going to be a group of folks who are going to be up here. And I want to ask you, please don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss out on this moment. But grab hold of this moment with both hands. Come, engage with us, speak to us. Let us walk this road with you. Father God, I thank you for your people, Lord. I thank you for everyone who's present here this morning, Lord. 
Lord, I thank you that you see the brokenness in lives this morning. I, I thank you that you see the pain in lives this morning, Lord. And Lord, that as you said in your word, Lord, that all it takes is for us to just put our trust in you. And Lord, that as we put our trust in you, Lord, that you come and bring healing to broken hearts, that you come and 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 really just bring peace to 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 places of turmoil within our lives lord lord i thank you that we can just pray your blessing of your people as we leave this morning lord lord i thank you for journey mercies as folks travel home lord lord i thank you for your blessing of each home represented here this morning father god above all else lord I pray that your Holy Spirit will engage with all of us throughout this week, Lord. Lord, and that you will stir up a hunger in each life and each heart represented here this morning, Lord. To seek you more. To pursue you more, Lord. To chase after you with everything inside of them, Lord. Father God, for all of us, to pursue your heart in such a way that we become more and more and more like your son, Jesus. And that as we engage with life around us, Lord, there will be an accurate representation of you, Jesus. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.